Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A bump in the night. Your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday, where we tell your odd but true stories. I'm here with our story sommelier, Christy, who has curated quite a lineup. We have some paranormal, some cryptid, some true crime, and everything in between. Mm, we do. And happy September. That's right. It is September. It's the first day of September, which means... Second day of September. Um, wait. Tomorrow will be the first, right? Tomorrow's Thursday. Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday? Yeah. Shit, you're right. Oh, we're recording this earlier than I thought then. I didn't say anything earlier. You were like, we got to get Freaky Friday oh. done. And I was like, awesome. Yeah, let's do it. That way you can, you know, you got some cushion to edit it. We got some time. All right. Yeah. I was thinking this whole time it was Thursday. So um, I know why. Because normally we do the live Q&A yep. on Wednesdays and then the live stream on Thursdays. But we did the live Q&A on a Tuesday. Just throwing everything off. I'm all off my system but uh we're good we're good yeah there's uh there's some good ones here and yes. um happy september 2nd and it's uh going into labor day weekend hope yeah. everybody has a happy uh some whatever you can do to celebrate whatever you do it's also we're one month out from the most wonderful time of the year which, which is really fall o'clock fall o'clock halloween time I'm right now drinking a pumpkin spice I was going to say, Ella has already started putting out decorations. So I a lot of people, I think, have already begun the celebration, which I am completely for. So this, uh, I bought a case of this La Colombe oat milk pumpkin spice latte in a can, which is what I'm drinking right now. And I regret nothing. And I might go through the whole case before October even starts. <gasps> can I have one tonight? Yeah, please come on down. Okay. They're very good. I'm a, I'm, I don't know if I've ever had oat milk. It's very good. It's I don't drink perfectly... a lot of milk, as we learned last night in the yep. Q&A. But when I do, it's usually 2%. Yeah, this is good stuff. Uh, Leanne got me on oat milk. And I they I think they have dairy milk of these. But I went with the oat milk flavor because I feel like it's kind of maybe a nutty flavor. It oh, goes yeah. well with the pumpkin. It's good. I drink maybe two, three of these a day. It's a dangerous game. <laughs> I'm like, it has pumpkin in it, right? Ish. Yeah. Pumpkin's a, a something. Is it a vegetable? Yeah, I think I it's a vegetable. It has seeds, so maybe. Comes up out the ground. Oh, it's a gourd. It is. Yeah, so. All right. Oh, my well, gourd. Huh? Oh, my gourd. Oh, my gourd. And I gourd these. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Cass, and the subject line is, Freetown State Forest is haunted AF. 
plus some history. Hey friends, I've got a forest story for you. Love you both and let's jump right in. In Massachusetts, we have a forest well known for haunted stuff, the Freetown State Forest, which is located within the Bridgewater Triangle. Check that out. There has been a ton of spooky shit happen in the forest. Lots of supernatural activity, UFOs, puckwudgies, disappearances, etc. It's also been the site of some criminal activity. This forest is known for being haunted as fuck. Sadly, however, it's been known to be the site of massacres of natives during colonization. There have been sightings of native apparitions, and that's where my story comes in. Well, part of it anyway. I'm emailing pictures so you can follow along. I'm much more sensitive to the supernatural than my husband is. He's super skeptical about that sort of stuff. Or he was, until this happened. My family was visiting us and they wanted to go to the haunted forest, so we did. We split up. That was our first mistake. Did we learn nothing from Scooby-Doo? And my husband and I went down one trail. Almost immediately, we see this circle of branches surrounding the path. I turned around so we could find another path, and my husband says, What are you doing? I said, I know a fade portal when I see one. I'm not going through there. He was like, whatever, that's silly. That's not real. You know what? You're going to learn today, son. So we go through because teaching a lesson today is more beneficial to me than knowing good and well what I'm about to get my dumb ass into. After about five minutes or so, we come upon this area where, quote, satanic rituals are performed. There is a tree and a bench with a bunch of carvings in it with some offerings laid out. Upon closer inspection, I noticed that there is some legitimate spell work, animal bones, etc. So I was like, don't touch any of that. And we just continued along the path. About 10 minutes or so after this, I break out in a cold sweat, and what little color I have drains completely from my face. My husband asked what was wrong, and I was like, you don't hear that? Hear what? The drums. He looked at me, knowing that I wasn't joking and that something was wrong. The drums were getting louder, almost deafening. I heard the word Powhatan or Powhatan several times, not knowing what it meant. Then I gasped. I saw two girls, clearly native. One was lying across the path, covered in blood. The other looked directly at me, like made eye contact, and turned away. What did Jim see? Wood. Just wood. When I attempted to take a picture, my camera malfunctioned and I got a weird overlapping picture. When I walked past it, I was so confused because this was not what I had just saw or heard or anything. My husband knew something happened. Then I looked up. It wasn't over. There was this thing. I grabbed his hand and started walking very quickly, looking down at the path. He didn't understand why. There was this massive shadow looking at us, arms on the ground, ready to run towards us. It was on the path. Jim said, it's a log. It's just a log. Keep telling yourself that, bro. Just a log, my ass. I just wanted to get out of this fucking forest. There was a dark, unwelcoming presence, and it did not want us in there. As we speedily raced past the log, we could see that on the other side, the letters H-E-L-P were spray-painted in big, bold red letters. I cannot emphasize more. Fuck this entire forest. I ran. I don't run, but I ran that day. I ran until we ran out of path and we hit a road. I could hear something behind us. Something was chasing us. The sounds of footfalls faded as we left the forest and reached the road. I thought we'd been in there for maybe 30 minutes, tops. It had been two hours. 
None of my Fitbit data registered. Not the time, not my steps, not my heart rate. That's the story of the first and last time I went to the Freetown State Forest. My husband later reached out to the Wampanoag tribe here to see if Powhatan or Powhatan had a meaning of significance to their tribe. The Powhatan may refer to an indigenous Algonquin people that are traditionally from Virginia, but pre-colonialism may have also resided in our area and may have been part of the natives group slaughtered by colonists in and around the Freetown State Forest. So yeah, again, fuck that forest. Well, we have photos. I would also like to thank Cass for labeling them in the fashion of evidence in a trial. They went through and numbered the pictures with descriptors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was following along as you were reading, and my goodness, yes. The Fay portal, circular. The carvings on the tree. It's all I mean, how Cass said it was. Now, I mean, to us, or at least to me, they do look like pieces of wood in the forest. But I yeah. think if you're there and you're sensitive, that might look different. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I can see. And I can just see, you know, you're far away. You you know, you're kind of vision, you know, far off visions more blurry than when you're up close. And so I could see how you might mistake it for a person. Or like you said, if you're sensitive, you might be seeing something that everybody else can't mm-hmm. see. I definitely uh, agree as far as if the, you start to get that weird feeling, it's okay to turn around and leave the yeah. forest. Yeah. No uh, shame. The, no the, shame whatsoever. The forest can be a spooky place. I think that we all can agree on that. So, Yeah, the help on the log is very just clearly H-E-L-P mm-hmm. in red spray paint. And is the kids messing around? Maybe. But what if it isn't? And that's where my mind goes. True. I believe we looked into covering the Freetown State Forest when we had our Boston show. Yeah, the Bridgewater Triangle in yeah. general, but uh, there's so much to cover with that. Yeah. Like, we could do three, four episodes on this. Yeah, that might just be um, a regular episode that we do, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, this next one is from Sam, and this is the Demonic Sock Monkey story, another tale from my mom and her wild family. First, I have to say thank you both for reading the story about the Chowchilla bus kidnapping. My mother was actually hospitalized right after that episode came out. And one thing that helped us pass the time, laugh, and feel better during the next harrowing couple of weeks was when I played her the episode. She was astounded that she was hearing the story she'd told to me and my siblings so often, being read on the, quote, radio, lol. It brought up a lot of interesting, strange, fun, and not-so-fun memories that helped occupy her thoughts until she was healthy again. And yes, she is healthy again. Sorry, buried the lead there. Anyway, here's another legendary mom story for y'all. When my mom, Sandy, by the way, was younger, she didn't have many kids around her age in the family to play with except for her cousins, the children of her dad's sister, Jeannie. Jeannie was, my mom's words here, batshit crazy. There's a long list of reasons why my mom describes her this way, and this story is just one of them. Apparently, my mom and her cousins would always get what she calls pinworms from playing outdoors all the time. The whole family was very poor. And one of great Aunt Jeannie's favorite pastimes, again, my mom's words, was giving them enemas to, quote, cure them of their sins and get rid of the worms. Whether these enemas worked or not, my mom isn't really sure. She just knows that she and her cousins hated this for obvious reasons. 
Great Aunt Jeannie was a, quote, jump the pews religious nutcase and would routinely terrorize her children and my mom and her siblings with horror stories of how, if they were too friendly with strangers or too loud on a Sunday, they'd get kidnapped or raped or boiled alive by Satan himself. Once when my mom and her cousins, Shirley and Jimmy, were hanging out at a bus stop, my great aunt Jeannie dressed herself up as if she was an unhoused person and jumped out at them, yelling and screaming like a wild animal. It terrified the shit out of them, clearly, but it was as great aunt Jeannie told them later, apparently, for your own good. Her cousins, having this for a mother, were bound to grow up with issues. As they got older, they would kill cats and other wildlife like squirrels, bury them in their yard around the house. They'd often force my mom to watch because it disturbed her so much and they wanted to freak her out. So they'd catch her and hold her in place while they did it. And if all this still wasn't enough to make my mom hate going to her cousin's house, she says she often saw glowing balls of dark red light flying around the house, particularly at night. And when she told her aunt, Aunt Jeannie said it was the devil and that he was following her to make sure she behaved. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But the incident that made my mom never return to her cousin's house outside of brief visits happened one evening when Great Aunt Jeannie was searching all over the property for Jimmy to give him an enema. Apparently, he had hidden in a closet off the living room, next to shelves of Great Aunt Jeannie's stuffed animals and dolls, one of them being a big sock monkey. Great Aunt Jeannie told my mom and Shirley to sit on the couch and not move or speak, or they'd get an enema as well, while she searched for Jimmy. My mom disobeyed this order when she saw, suddenly, a red light fly from down the hall, around the corner, and directly at the shelf of dolls and animals. It hit the big sock monkey, and the sock monkey flew off the shelf onto the floor. Then, in front of their eyes, the sock monkey began to crawl. It slowly made its way toward the closet door where Jimmy was hiding from his mother. My mom's screaming and pointing, unfortunately, led great aunt Jeannie to find Jimmy. But despite this happening right in front of Shirley and great aunt Jeannie being so devout and a believer, she wouldn't believe my mom about the monkey, and my mom was punished for making up lies. After this, my mother refused to stay at her cousin's home when her mom had to work, instead insisting she go to work with my grandmother. Whenever she was in the house after that, my mom is adamant that the sock monkey would follow her around the house at times when she was alone hovering around corners and into the room before dropping into the middle of the floor. Suffice to say, I never had a sock monkey growing up. Keep it creepy, friends. 
Aunt Jeannie is taking one out of the Dracula Dead and Loving playbook where they have the, it's making fun of the Kellogg's guy, but everybody's like, if they're having trouble, give him an enema, give him an enema. And he's like, you keep giving him enemas until he's better. And that's not always the answer to everything. No, no, no. I read a book years ago um, called Call Your Daughter's Home, and they, in the book, live in the South in a uh, a poor area, and they talk about this too, of playing outside barefoot in the dirt a lot and then having to have enemas to get rid of these pinworms. So I guess it's a thing. It sounds like Aunt Jeannie was uh, a bit too enema eager, you know? She was a, yeah, she was too, you don't, I don't believe, I believe if you need a cleansing enema, if it's necessary for medical purposes, even if you like it, that's fine. What I'm concerned about is the punitive enema, which is sit down and don't move or you're going to get an enema too. Yeah. I don't like that. Oh, what do we think this was that that flew into the sock monkey? Was it the devil? Was Aunt Jeannie secretly the devil? And that's why she, <laughs> she she was always pushing the devil narrative, freak him out. I don't know about dressing in a costume and screaming at children. No, it seems, um, uh, you know, I can't say I'm surprised that the cousins yeah. were doing some real problematic stuff. Uh, that's a hard that's a hard family to grow up in. Yeah, especially if Mama only had to go over there enough time. I'm calm, taking one, uh, ta- being a little familiar with Sandy and calling her Mama. But Mama had to go over there <laughs> just for brief periods of time. Those kids live there all the time. Yeah. So you can imagine you have the memories slash trauma that you have yeah. from just going and being babysat there. But then on, but it, imagine for the kids that had to live there. No wonder they were torturing things. That they're probably going through a lot. Yeah, definitely. That's wild. But it is. Uh, I wonder what that was in that sock monkey. I don't know, but guess what's in Ella's room as we speak? Sock monkey. A giant one. Oh, man. Big enough that if it's crawling, you're going to notice. Oh, God. If all of a sudden I hear a muffled knock at the door and it's just the paw of that thing, like <laughs> pawing at the door and I open it and it's laying there, uh, we're moving immediately. It's huge. What it was it actually what? given to me by my brother years ago. And then, like everything... It becomes the children's, and now yeah. it's in in Ella's room. But yeah, it's probably three feet tall. Yeah, you said when you open the door, and if it's just laying there, what if you open the door and it's standing there? <laughs> I hate it. It and all came to be mouth. because what'd you say? The big red sock monkey mouth. Uh huh. It all came to be because I guess it was in 2010, the first Halloween Tommy and I had been together. He dressed up like a sock monkey. Okay. And then the following year, I think he reused the costume. Uh, so y'all have a sock monkey costume. We do. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yes, we do. So maybe Tommy's going to crawl down the floor in it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well. That is very creepy. Well, yes. I'm glad to hear, uh, Sam, we're very glad to hear your mother's doing well. Send Sandy yes. our regards. I would love any further stories she has from her childhood because this was a roller coaster of occurrences. You couldn't, with every line, you can't guess what's going to no, happen next. I never knew it was going to happen. And she's also the one that had the uh, tie-in with the Chachilla yes. bus kidnapping. So, so like she said, as many as, as, many as you yeah. want, please. Yes. Well, this next one's from Christina, and it is called Creepy Trauma-Induced Dreams or Some Kind of Hidden Meeting. Hi, ladies. My name is Christina. I'm a therapist and lover of all things true crime and creepy. I didn't used to be into scary and creepy things. In fact, I have dealt with severe anxiety all my life. But as a child, it was crippling from what I remember. 
I recently read something that said something along the lines of, you might be into horror movies and creepy things if you suffer from anxiety because it's a familiar feeling and you know how to exist and cope in that feeling. This could very well be the case. I've been doing some inner child healing work and a lot of trauma from my childhood has come up. One thing that has always stood out to me is the creepy dreams I used to have. First and foremost, I used to have a recurring dream that my mom's head got cut off and someone handed it to me. I can't recall exactly how old I was, but probably about 10. In a scary turn of events, my mom currently has a benign, but still scary, brain tumor. I try not to make connections where there are none, but I think this is the human condition, so we don't feel like things that have happened to us are for nothing. But my scariest dream as a child that I recall was the dream that I was sleeping in my bed, exactly as I was actually sleeping, and my Barbie dolls were talking in a dark corner of my room, saying something creepy about killing me. You know, the usual. Then in my dream, my mom comes into my room, wakes me up, and says, We need to go pick up your brother. Well, the creepy part about this story is the fact that seemingly right after I dreamt this, my mom came into my room, woke me up, and said exactly, we need to go pick up your brother. All I remember from this is screaming and making my mom turn on all the lights. In hindsight, it was probably a common phrase my mom said to me, as we did often pick up my brother, and I'm sure that's why I dreamt it. But it was still a really creepy coincidence, and I was so scared that my Barbies were going to kill me, because that's the other thing that happened to my dream. As someone trained in mental health, I know a lot of these creepy experiences are related to trauma and anxiety. However, as someone interested in spirituality and creepy things, I can't help but wonder if there's some kind of spooky meaning to it all. There's so much more I could share, but I would love to get Christy's perspective as a logic-minded person who is also open to the unknown. I love you both so much. Thank you for all that you do. Well... One, thank you for considering me a logic-minded person that's open to the unknown. I was like, the Barbies are plotting, girl. They're going to get you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want my opinion. <laughs> I'll be like, it's haunted. The Barbies are possessed. You need to get some holy water. The skin's going to burn off. That's I mean, okay. it could be. I We all know the story of my dolls. Right. I, I one, Christina, I thought it was really interesting, and this makes sense, the idea that if you suffer from a lot of anxiety, you might like true crime and creepy stuff because it is a familiar feeling. I've never thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. It really does. And yeah. you, you like to be on the, at that emotional state and you put yourself in that emotional state. Or you might not even like it, but you're familiar with it and you know how to exist and cope within it because that's how you are all the time. So that makes sense. Um, that's really interesting. I do also believe, like you, that dreams can be a way for us to process things that are going on in our life that we might be pushing down subconsciously or even consciously, and our brains are trying to work them out while we're asleep. That being said, we've talked before how perception's reality. So even if it's a, quote, dream, if it's real to you and it feels real, that fear and anxiety is still very real and i don't remember what episode it was hat man what was it the hat man the hat man we were talking about how dreams yeah and how psychologists and scientists don't know a lot about dreams and how Mm -hmm. they really work and they're now starting to say you know 
the differences between your waking time and your sleeping time might not be that different as far as they affect you physiologically and emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. So even if it is a dream, it's still scary. And I get why you would still wake up and be like, okay, well, that happened. So clearly the next thing that happened in my dream is going to happen. As a logic-minded person, I don't think your Barbies are going to come to life and kill you. However, the fear that they might is what I would focus on and try to work out with therapy and, you know, whatever you do, journaling, meditation, however you take care of your yourself uh, in that way. I would I would do more of that. She said she's a mental uh, health therapist, so I'm sure she's got a lot of ways to cope. So, yeah, that's my thought. What is yours? Barbies are coming alive? Uh, I mean, yeah. Going no, I after think that's, the dream house? No, that's really good. You, Yeah, you're, well, that's, I brought a nightmare house if those Barbies are in it. <laughs> I think you, you're right, you know, dealing with that, asking yourself, what does this dream mean? Like, what does that represent? Also, if you have Barbies in your house, put them in a cat carrier. You know, something that's too big for their <laughs> tiny hands to, they couldn't get out of that. And if they could, they were going to get you anyway. You've at least slowed them down. You'd start to hear the right of the carrier yeah. and you have time to wake up and you leave. You just wake up and one of their legs is sticking out the little grate in the front. Yeah, it's like trust but verify, right? Like I trust <laughs> that the Barbies aren't going to come alive, but for my own safety, I'm going to put them in a cat yeah. carrier. I mm-hmm. just think that's safe. I think that's being smart. I think it is uh, too. But we appreciate that, Christina. Thank you so much. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This next one is from Amber, and the subject line is Too Tall Creature. Love the pod. I recommend it all the time because y'all are great and I enjoy how you split time between supernatural, cryptids, and true crime. If you like it, here's one to throw in the next time you have a cryptid theme going. To set the scene, my family lived outside city limits and the area immediately surrounding our neighborhood consisted of a few cow fields, a large lake, a couple smallish patches of woods, and another neighborhood. It was a sunny summer day around 24 years ago and my cousin and I, eight and nine, had decided to take advantage of it, roaming around unsupervised in true 90s fashion. We were on foot so as to more easily jump fences, climb trees, all that good stuff. We had just hiked the quarter-mile trail through the trees and stepped into the paved road of the other neighborhood when I caught movement in my periphery. I turned to look immediately as I was an avid bird creature watcher. My eyes widened and I violently elbowed my cousin who turned around and gasped. There was a tall, lanky creature standing on four legs at the edge of the tree line, just gazing at us, perfectly still. 
This thing was an unholy union of feline and canine features. A terrifying chimera, sleek black panther joined with an exceptionally tall Great Dane. Its head, body, and tail were big cat-shaped, and its fur was pure black. Think black panther, but with pointed ears and a thinner tail. The legs, though, were decidedly not cat-shaped. They were long, thin, straight legs like that of a tall dog breed. The legs were too long for the body, and it was too tall and lanky. I cannot stress enough how eerie this mashup of features was. It felt like the thing watched us for so long, but I'm sure it was only actually five to ten seconds. It finally turned and disappeared into the trees, the trees that we would have to walk through to get back to my house. We clung to each other, creeping along the path, silently as possible, startling at every sound. After we got home and explained why we were gone so long, no one fucking believed us. My mom maintained that we just saw a big dog and got scared. My sister said we all made it up. My dad decided that if we really did see a, quote, not a dog freaky animal, maybe it was a malnourished mountain lion with melanism or something, a rare but actual animal. No way. Folks in the Ozarks do find mountain lion tracks and catch them on game cameras now, but there are not officially mountain lions in my state, according to various conservation departments. Either way, we are not that rural. We lived on county land between like three towns, not the boonies, not in the hills. To this day, neither of us have any idea what it could have been. It was definitely not a dog or a mountain lion, though. That's for sure. I like calling it a not a dog freaky animal. <laughs> Dad coined the phrase. Yeah, or maybe they were like, "We went, we saw a not a dog freaky animal." But I, I think it's funnier if the dad coined the phrase. <laughs> he made it. The, I'll say the a Great Dane is huge. Those oh yeah, are huge. They're so big. And to think of it, even taller, but with those similar thin legs, and then this sort of a panther body. Ugh. No, I don't like Black that. Panthers are. I I don't remember what the movie was, but I can remember watching a movie as a kid that had a Black Panther in it that. I think attacked some people and I can still picture a scene with the panther pacing back and forth in its cage before it gets out. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, uh, shoot us an email because I have literally no idea what this movie was, but <laughs> <You're> I like, <laughs> I think vision. about it quite regularly. Just that one scene. Cause yeah, there's, they're, it, uh, they're terrifying. Great Danes. Like, Kids, some kids could just walk underneath them. They're so tall. So imagine, yeah, seeing something like that, and you're, it's that's weird, especially in the middle of the woods where something like that would normally be. And I don't, even, no matter what type of animal it is, you know, chupacabra, not dog, whatever it is. If something, if an animal is just re- right there staring at mm-hmm. you, I don't like that because to me, it's like it's bowing up. Like it's, yeah. it's one thing if you see an animal and it scurries away and you're like, oh, I scared that deer. Oopsie. But if it's like. What the fuck are you looking yeah, at? You're like, I don't you know. Even if it's obviously a dog, yeah. you would be like, why is this dog in the middle of the woods and it's just staring at me? You know, I mean, it's still a wild animal. Yeah, it's staring at you. And why? Is it licking its chops? It's mm-hmm. sizing up whether it could take you? I don't like any of that. But that is definitely, definitely the creepy. walk home. Gosh, <laughs> that's, yeah, back in the 90s, you didn't have somebody, a cell phone to call and come pick you up, most likely. So you just had to... Uh, go back on a hope and a prayer. Right? You're like, let's link arms and uh, don't just yeah. move. If you hear anything, just we're both going to run. This makes you think of being a little kid. And there is, 
uh, my where I grew up, it was on this like former farmland and it got kind of sold off in parcels. And so there were little subdevelopments. But in between, there was these like grassy wooded areas. And and because it was the early 90s. It became this rumor that's like, that's where the devil worshippers yeah. are. Is back in those woods. It's where the devil worshippers are. And this sounds like, let's go look in the woods. Like, let's just mm-hmm. go. This is very much my childhood. Oh, my, this, yeah, very Marilla, much. My childhood friend mm-hmm. Marilyn and I would just go like do dumb shit and be like, mm-hmm. let's go walk in the woods. We're going to go see if we can see where the devil worshippers are. Same. Yep. Very so, much same. 90s kids. Well, thank you very much, Amber, for sending that. Step into the world of power. Loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The next one we have is from Michelle V. And the subject line is A murderer grabbed my ass. Hey, ladies, love your show and appreciate all that you do. This is a story very few people know because I was 16 when it happened and was afraid. Of what? I'm not entirely sure. Maybe getting into trouble? Who knows? The year was 2003. I was 16, in college, long story there, working and dating someone way too old for me. I was at my boyfriend's apartment waiting to go to the movies to see The Cat in the Hat. My boyfriend told me he had some friends swinging by real quick, Then we could go. Some guys show up, and they go to the back of the apartment. I stay in the living room watching TV, waiting to go. All of a sudden, I see my boyfriend coming out of the back room with his hands on his head with a gun to the back of his head. Shocked, I just sat there. The two guys threw my boyfriend on the ground and told me to get down, too. I complied. Now, I probably should have mentioned I knew my boyfriend sold Xanax and weed at this time, but I had always made excuses about it. I also believed he only sold to his friends. It was kind of out of sight, out of mind, and he never did it with me around, or so I thought. So here we are, face down on the ground. They took all his supply and then started taking some small things, like his PlayStation, wallet, etc. My dumbass boyfriend asked if he could have the memory card out of the PlayStation, and they pistol-whipped him on the back of the head. At some point, while they were looking for things they could walk out of an apartment with and not draw attention— One of them grabbed my ass and made that disgusting "Mm mm-hmm sound. I popped up screaming, don't fucking touch me. Was this a smart decision? Probably not. But that's what my body did, and I wasn't backing down. In my head, I was thinking, I will not be raped. That's not going to happen. Dude was shocked. I got loud. He told me to be quiet. Remember, we're in an apartment complex. And I told him, then don't fucking touch me. Oddly, he complied. He even let me sit on the couch from that point forward as long as I agreed to be quiet. They finished going through the apartment, moved us to the back room, and left. 
After about 30 or 45 minutes, we walked out of the room. My boyfriend said he was going to call the cops, to which I said, to tell them what, your drugs got stolen? Followed with, don't tell them I was here. So I left and went home to make cookies with my mom and never spoke of it. I'm an expert at shoving down my emotions. Fast forward a few months. My boyfriend and I saw in the news that there was a murder by a close-range gunshot of an older man in the town next to us. The cops were looking for the guy who was seen committing the crime. As the guy's photo popped up on the 6 o'clock news, my jaw dropped. There was a picture of the guy who had grabbed my ass, staring back at me on the news, wanted for murder. He was eventually caught and charged with capital murder. Whenever I think about it, I realize how lucky I was that my story didn't end differently. I hate that the older man had to pass in this horrific way, but I'm glad that guy was caught so no one will have the displeasure of meeting him. I would not wish this experience on anyone. So much so, I never spoke about it because it still gives it energy, and I don't want to do that. I decided to write it into you guys because I learned things from others' stories, so maybe someone can learn from mine. Thanks for all that you guys do and share. You got me through one of the loneliest times in my life. I hope to catch you live sometime. I'm only six hours from Dallas. Thanks for keeping it creepy. 16 in college was just like Sherry Rasmussen, the episode that um, came out this week. I'm sure there is a story there, but it sounds like if you were in college, you're you're very, very smart. It also sounds like the guy you were with was dating a minor, and yeah. uh, you were probably in, in over your head, yeah. and, you know, and he um, was taking advantage of some stuff. I'm very glad that this ended the way it did. I think this is one of those situations where the people committing the crime – were also probably in over their head and didn't really, you know, they were just trying to get some stuff and getting loud. That that spooked him. But remember, make a scene. Cause yeah. probably, you know, I mean, if unless you think, okay, I'm really going to lose my life if this happens. But if if it can get you out of something, and you know, they're like, it obviously in this situation uh, worked out and. They seem to back off a little bit, then then good for you. Yeah, it's just one of those where my grandma, my mom, everybody's always taught me stuff is not as important as people. So for sure. if they want to take your PlayStation, take your PlayStation. The boyfriend being like, can I have the memory card? No, just let it go. Yeah. Let them take whatever they want so they will leave yeah. and not grab your girlfriend or kill you. And like you said, it's, you know, my grand theft auto was saved on there and I'm about to beat it. I don't know. I can't, I want to have to replay that whole game. It's like, let's focus on the priorities here, buddy. Like your girlfriend's safety. But like you said, it sounds like he was, the boyfriend was not making good choices. And even if you're like, well, I don't do it around you. Well, clearly you did. Cause I was sitting in the living room and you had these fellows come over and, Mm -hmm. and this happened. So like you said, it is one of those situations where you think, that is a person who is willing to take a life and very yeah. shortly thereafter did and how lucky you were and fortunate just that it went the way that it went and that at least he got caught. So he I'm so glad, will. too, that you decided to share this story. I know that you said it was something you've never talked about because you were worried about stuff, but we hear all the time from people that other people's stories on this segment have have helped them or sparked memories of their own that they had forgotten about. So good for you for doing that. 
Yeah, it's a generous thing to be vulnerable and share. So yeah. we definitely appreciate that. And I'm very glad we could get you through one of the loneliest times in your life. When I lived in Chicago, I was uh, desperately lonely for a period of time that I lived there. I mean, just so, so sad and felt really, even you know, people around and stuff, but felt extremely isolated. And listening to, at the time, it wasn't a podcast, but it was archival recordings of a radio show, which is just talk radio, you know, talk and chat and everything. I it really it felt like, you know, having people with me. So to mm-hmm. think that, it, you know, it's like a warm hug in your ears. I mm-hmm. don't know that we call it that, but uh, <laughs> I definitely hug. relate to that. Yeah, I relate yeah. to that. And to be able to do that for someone else is the greatest honor, genuinely. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for listening and a uh, big hug. Well, thank you again, Michelle, for sending that. The next one is from Courtney and the subject line is communicated with my spirit baby. And there's a content warning on this. It involves pregnancy loss. Hi, ladies. The fall of 2020, my husband and I had a two-year-old daughter, and I was pregnant with a son due mid-May 2021. Tragically, we lost that baby at 13 weeks. I was devastated for a very long time after. The following spring, we were pregnant again, this time with a girl. I was grateful to have a healthy baby, but was still grappling with the fact that I may never have the son I had hoped for. Soon after she was born, I was introduced to the concept of a spirit baby, which is the soul of our child slash children that are predestined for us. They're able to communicate with us prior to conception up until birth. Around this time, I started to experience the feeling like someone had just walked up next to me. It was a constant presence I felt hovering above my right shoulder. I told my husband, I feel like there's one more baby who's destined to be a part of our lives. I feel like another soul is around us. I felt in my heart that the son I had lost was trying to come back to us that he was the one I was sensing. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. At night, I would lie with my hands over my womb, meditating and speaking to my unborn child, asking them for a specific sign, a blue balloon with white polka dots. A month after asking for the sign, I walked into my in-law's house for a party and immediately noticed a blue balloon with white polka dots hanging over my head. I immediately told my husband about everything, and even he, Mr. Logic, was shook. My three-year-old insisted on bringing home the blue balloon. This was a surprise because she is, despite my best effort, a pink and purple girl. I smiled as that blue balloon bounced its way off our heads in the car the drive home. Hi, baby, I said to myself. I was desperate for more contact. I contacted a clairvoyant on Reddit who I felt comfortable with and told her I wanted to make contact with my unborn son. She said, I see your son, but he looks to have been born already. He looks about eight to ten months old. Was this a miscarriage? I responded, yes, he would have been eight months old right now had he been born. She said, he is with you. He says he's coming back to you. His sisters will know him because he plays with them already. He has his hand in the air like a little fighter. I see you with your hands over your womb. Your son will be returning to you soon. I now see him running to your arms, and he looks to be about two years old. 
She did not know that I have two daughters. She did not know my meditation practices. And she definitely did not know that the last ultrasound picture I have of my son, his hand was up in the air, as she put it, as if he were a little fighter. The plan was to start trying for number three in June. I'll spare you the specific details, but we got a little carried away one night in May, and exactly seven days later, I had a dream that I gave birth to a baby boy. The overall feeling of the dream was that I knew the secret that no one else knew. I woke up the next day, and I knew I was pregnant. Four days later, I had a very, very positive pregnancy test. About four weeks after finding out I was pregnant, I was feeling very anxious. I said out loud, Baby, I haven't heard from you in a while. I would love to hear from you, however you want to communicate. I'll know when it's you. That afternoon, I was putting on a movie for my three-year-old. She pointed to one and said, I've never seen this one. Let's watch it. It was Disney's Soul. I had never seen it either and was only half paying attention until I realized what was going on. The movie is about an unborn soul who had never felt ready to come to Earth. At the end of the movie, you guessed it, the soul was ready to make their way to Earth. I was in tears. Baby, you are so loved and we can't wait to meet you, I said. So here I am, 13 weeks pregnant. Just last week, we got the call confirming what I had already knew in my soul. At the end of February, we'll finally be welcoming our baby boy into our earthly family, just a few weeks shy of what would have been his second birthday. This is so sweet. Courtney. Yeah. I love the persistent love of, I want to talk to you. Can I communicate with you? And being open to that, it must be really hard when you're simultaneously grieving, but also still thinking about it and... Being open to that communication. Yeah, for sure. Pregnancy loss is so common and it is very, um, it's very hard. I mean, it's a, you do grieve. I had a, what they call a chemical pregnancy before I got pregnant with Simon, which is, uh, it's, it's common and a lot of people that are pregnant don't even know it has happened because they haven't even taken a pregnancy test yet. But because we were trying, I knew it had happened. So it's a, yeah, I mean, I still think about that, you know, Mm -hmm. so in 13 weeks is you're almost out of that first trimester, which once you get to the second is when they say, you know, it's, you're less likely to, to miscarry. So I'm so glad that what you feel is, is the baby that was trying to get you the whole time is you're, you're now going to welcome in in February. And I love the, the meditation on the womb, you know, it's just, it's like anything when you want it, that you put it out there and you Mm -hmm. meditate on it and it's like chaos magic or, you know, anything like that. So I love that the balloon came to you and it's just, um, it's really nice. And I think a story like this will, resonate with a lot of other people too, which is why I really wanted to include it. No, I'm really appreciate Courtney sharing it. And I, I'll love to hear how, when your son comes, how he interacts with his sisters. And like, you wonder if, if you'll notice that maybe he's like a little wise for his age an or a little bit soul. older for his age, like mm-hmm. an old soul or something. It'll be a beautiful thing to watch him grow up with his sisters who like the clairvoyant said, his sisters already know him. It sounds wow, like. what And she nailed it. I've, didn't even know, I'm not surprised really, that Reddit, you could do clairvoyant readings, but to know nothing and then hit it on the head with all that, it sounds like she knew what she was doing. And it sounds like the baby brother's coming into a great situation because he was already allowed to pick the movie if he chose Disney True. Soul. And the yeah. sister's like, yeah, we should watch that. It's like, <laughs> they're going to get along great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Go I great. Well, thank you, Courtney, for, again, vulner- power and vulnerability. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Hopefully it can help someone else. For sure. And thank you to everybody else for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you've had a brush with true crime, or you've felt the presence of an otherworldly being. Send them in at Sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode. This month is a dive into the TikTok conspiracy of Bebop and BB and patron-exclusive audio and video content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions, and my goodness was the one that we did last night a blast. I have been cry laughing thinking about some of the things that happened last night today. Yeah, it's I'm still I'm like, I could just start cry laughing right now thinking about <laughs> and Heather made a TikTok. We now have three. So go <laughs> to our tic- up. go go to our TikTok to see uh, one of the funnier moments from from last night. But the whole thing was hilarious. So it was a start to finish. It was a ride. I feel like, you know, you start and you're like tick, tick, tick. And then yeah. it pays off at the end. It was a mm-hmm. good time. I, and the fun part of that is we never know what's going to happen. in them. No. So it's such a delight when it's just a great time. And we, we the chat was fire. We truly well. enjoy it. It's one of our favorite things we do all month. It's so much fun. And that chat was fire. Oh, gosh. So much fun. Always. Well, for our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available, and those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SinisterhoodPod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Our TikTok is at Sinisterhood Podcast, as is our YouTube. We also have YouTube. All the episodes are up on YouTube and making YouTube shorts. There's all kinds of stuff to do now with in every outlet. So go and check them out. And then check out Christy's social media located whereabouts. I am on TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. And I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather, where are you? I'm on the computer at Twitter at MCK versus the world. And then I'm on both TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.
sinister 